After a race weekend, back on the... What? We- weekend? Well, yeah, because it was a Thursday, 4th of July race, and uh, and now it's it's Monday. Yeah, we worked Friday and Saturday, and Colin worked Sunday. Okay, so I'm back from a full <laughs> four-day <laughs> race weekend. Some of us work for a so, living. <laughs> oh, wow. That's how, how to alienate your friends in 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, and speaking of friends, I use a plural because, as you guys know, uh, Harley and I here hosting No Rider On, we have on... Today, as a guest, we have Colin on, uh, another member of our No Rider on team for In Pursuit of Breck Epic. Yep. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've made a bet. We have a, a like a Vegas bet. Um, Sportsbook in Vegas is actually on this, and there is an over-under on the amount of words Colin's going to say in the total podcast. And so that's two, because I put a lot of money on this. So you and he's, I'm not going to tell you if I have the over or the under. He's just not going to ask you a lot of questions. No, I'm going to ask a ton. So, but first, off, like uh, this was the first time we all three. Now we did Old Man Winter, right? Um, but it by and of itself was kind of like a different. Th- that's kind of like a ride for yeah. a lot. But this was like we had like this is a good race this is a, vibe. I mean, yeah, and um I mean we had we had the full full crew. I mean Travis, we haven't really talked about Travis, but Travis has been like in the background rocking the no ride around gear. Like he he raced state uh, crit champs. Um he did Breck Epic, I mean, or not Breck Epic, uh, Firecracker 50, sorry. He podium Firecracker 50. Third place. Third place. Yeah, it was cool. It was hilarious because we all just took off, and we're kind of a little cart before the horse, but we all just took off from the race, and about halfway back to Denver, Colin says to me, he's like, dude, Travis got third place. <laughs> and then moments after that, Justin's like, dude, we're dicks. We left. We didn't stick stick around. And I was like, dude, the last time I saw Travis, he said he was going to go take a nap under a tree. <laughs> he was a little downtrodden at the end, a little beat up. But that's what happens when you podium. So, um, you know, before we get into this, I want to give just a real... So the Firecracker 50 uh, is unique because in this world of bike racing, right? And we're not talking like Tour de France bike racing, like the real dudes. We're not talking about pros yeah. here. We're talking about like us, a bunch of saggy, bald, recreational mammals. <laughs> okay, that's what we're talking about, right? Mammals. Yeah, tell people what that means. Middle-aged man in lycra. That's exactly. So that's what, that's what we are, right? And so I, like, I am so aware now. There are two people that really care about my bike racing, and the one of them I really don't think she does. So one's my, my wife. Like I love Abby, um, and she allows me to do all. Like, not even allows me. We were having this conversation on the drive. I was like, oh, so-and-so said, like, oh, I'll ask my wife if I can do this. I go, I've never asked you. She, it's just a universal. And she wouldn't expect you to, right? No, it's just a universal. Like, you can, it's just one of these things we have in our relationship. So I know she cares about my races, but she doesn't really. And here's why <laughs> I mean it. Because I've won, like, a considerable amount of races in my, like, racing, recreational, cheese dick racing career. I've won quite a bit. And never once has she been at the finish line when I've won like butt naked saying, take me now, you gladiator. She's never done that for me. So I know that she, her interest in my bike racing is just out of support as being it's, my spouse. It's it's peripheral. So that's it. So yeah. that's one. And the second one's my mommy. Like my mommy <laughs> my does. mommy. She does. She does care. Like, so she does ask me like every Monday, she's like, what race did you do this weekend? Tell me all the details. And then I tell her, and she's like, I'm so proud of you. Like, it's unbelievable what you're doing. I'm like, mom, they're like, first off, I got like fifth. And they're like, hundreds of other cheese dicks and Lycra doing the same thing. So no one really cares about the bike racing. Yeah. Okay. But like those very close to us and they fake it. 
But at the Firecracker 50, that race is the start of the 4th of July parade for those that aren't familiar. And so even though the people lining the streets are there for the parade, at the start of the race, there are thousands of people lining the streets and they're even finding themselves cheering for you even though you're like, oh, and here comes the sport category, 30 yeah. to 34. Right? Yeah. No one really cares, uh, but they're cheering for you like they do. They, and that want, feels, they got their hands out for high yeah, fives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it feels so cool. That was like Uncle Sam walking around on stilts. So like the energy feels really fun. Yeah. And at the Firecracker 50, you get to finish at this big, huge barbecue party, outdoor music festival um, that feels like it's for the bike racers. Uh, and so it's it's a really cool environment because it feels hyper supported, mm-hmm. and and that's what I think is really neat about the Firecracker yeah. Fifty. So before we jump all the way into the race, yeah. can we talk about the bullshit that was the drive on the way there? Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, I mean, like two and a half hours to get to Frisco. That was that was not good. The worst part about these types of drives is that you know how long it should take you. Right, and when it takes so much longer, and the entire time up, all you do is see license plate that say like California, Nebraska, Washington. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like then you start to become like one of those like like angry guys that has a native sticker on your truck, even though you're not a native. You know, <laughs> but you start to say those things like "Go back to your state." You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Two and a half hours. Dude, to get it was up. brutal. I just want to know how people do that every winter, like every weekend of every winter, dude. It's because like it. that's what skiing is like here, right? Like I don't ski, so I don't yeah. know. But that, if you drive up on a Saturday morning, that is that's ski traffic on a yeah. Saturday morning. Fuck every bit of that. I'm out. Yeah. I'm all the way out yeah, on skiing. It's it's, um, it's tough to get there. Um, and we were driving up caravan style. Yeah. And every now and again, we'd be in like a different lane, and it's amazing how far apart you can get. Like this lane's not moving. Out. Like, yeah. That's like uh, you're never in the right lane type yeah. of thing. No, there there was no correct lane in in that drive it was torture uh sadly i think that drive uh ensured that i'll probably never do that race again wow <laughs> Dude, that's like a real anti-traffic situation <sighs> i mean three hours to go yeah and anyway 65 miles yeah you want to throw up in your mouth that, just, sure you just, had, you, just you just had sushi so it'd be good it's like it's almost <laughs> the same uh i drove back from gunnison yesterday and it's a three and a half hour drive to get from Gunnison to Denver. And I left at 1.30 and I got home at almost 7 p.m. So <laughs> I was on was 285. It, was it still 4th of July traffic bullshit? Yeah, dude. So, you know, you get the 4th of July. So anybody who went to the mountains is now on to 285, which merges into single lane in uh, three locations. Yep. And you might as well just put, uh, it just crippled the crippled already. Yeah. And it was just, we watched an entire movie from uh, 15 miles outside of Fairplay to <laughs> Bailey. I like, okay? the, I like that Justin watched a movie while he was driving. Oh, yeah, and, it, and the movie was horrible. But at least we got done in Abby goes, at least we didn't have to think about traffic for two hours. And I was like, we've gone 42 miles in, in the last hours. two hours. Oh, my God. We've gone 42 miles. And we watched a whole movie that was dog shit. So, yeah, no, that was not good. Um, um, but we got there. Yep. We uh, did. We did eventually get there. Uh, and you had some surprises for us. I did. So... Everybody in my life is hard to buy gifts for. Like, there's not a single... I shouldn't even say buy gifts. I should say hard to do nice things for. So, yeah. Colin and Justin are in the shop on, you know, was it Tuesday? And, you know, our, our race kits are these bright orange and blue and gray kits. And us being the nerds that we are, we're agonizing over what socks to wear. Gotta, if you're going to have a kit, you got to match your socks. So Colin's over at the stance sock display 
well, we don't really have anything that matches. Oh, this kind of matches. And Justin's got, oh, you know, I've got these Amy D socks and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just sitting there like, fuck the both of you. Because <laughs> a week, like a week prior, I was like, man, none of us really have like a whole kit. Like, right. You know, and I went and bought us all some socks to go with our kits. And these as a here, surprise, as a surprise. So Tuesday, we're sitting here filled with fine toothing these socks. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I, I got so frustrated. I almost ruined the actual surprise <laughs> because everybody in my life always ruins the surprises I have for them. Um, but I did, uh, we got some, some kind of cool socks and I, I managed to. Justin was like, "Nope, I'm not listening," and bolted out the back door. Yeah, of the I knew shop. Was, I, I could, uh, The signs yeah. were pointing. Yeah. to what you were gonna say. I'm out of here. It wasn't a surprise anymore. I know, I know, it wasn't. But we didn't know what they were. But you didn't know what it was. You didn't know what they looked like, and they were a perfect match. They, they were, were a perfect match. <laughs> um, um. So yeah, that was sweet because it kind of filled out the kit. And then I thought what was really cool was we were just we were just uh, when we got to Breckenridge, we were able to jump on bikes, the three of us, and. And get a ride that was for a purpose, you know, towards this event. It was the first, because we're going to do this a lot at the bracket. Well, we won't be pre-riding no. at the Epic. We're going to be soaking our nuts and feet uh, <laughs> in between races. But uh, it's going to be that same energy, which was yeah. cool to yeah. experience that. Well, it was, it was I think, uh, and I don't know if it had the same effect for you, Colin, but it was it was kind of cool to get up to the town that we're going to be rep- racing in in August. And just kind of go through that whole process that like we'll be doing for six days in a row. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd never been through the process before, so it was good to see, you know, good to have y'all like guiding me through it. Sure. How'd Most, you feel on that first little hill? Oh my god! <laughs> of the pre ride, <laughs> of the pre ride, it was like a what fifty yard stretch on the pre ride that. I spiked my heart rate and I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do any of this. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ridiculously steep little climb. I know. So for as good of the trails around town to Breckenridge are, they do like weasel through the neighborhoods for mm-hmm. a bit and you get these like awkward little, oh, dude, it was, it was nasty. I was, I was, even I, I was like, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, this I, how? I know this is where we have to go, but these guys are all thinking like, man, Justin's an asshole. Dude. Dude, that was the first thought I had. I was all like, cause Bear in mind, the last time I I did like a pre ride or something like a, a like a fun shake the legs out kind of ride with you, it was the Kenosha to Breck adventure. Yeah, riding the Colorado Trail for yeah. five hours. It was a shake out ride to have fun. Yeah, it should have fun. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's the term being justined for a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People get justined a lot around here. Uh, we'll get into it later, but Abby got Justin the rest of the weekend. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? She's got the wedding ring to, for, to like. She signed up for that shit. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but it, yeah, so um, I mean, I I don't think I've I don't think I've really ridden in Breckenridge at all, really, until last week. Well, we did the Peaks Trail once last year. Did we do it oh, back on the Peaks yeah, Trail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so barring that, that, yeah, but I mean, it was a year that's ago. That's one that little was like, snapshot. Yeah, of, and it had no, it had no like, you know, when you're riding there this year because we have the epic coming up. There's, it, there's some gravitas to the to the riding up there because like, you go, I, I got to get comfortable here. Yeah, yeah, and I think all things considered, the altitude didn't really impact me quite as. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that riding at 10,000 feet versus 8,000 feet, I didn't feel it at all, but scaling. And how I felt during during the race all felt pretty where it should be. 
What about you for pre-ride, Colin? I mean, after that climb. After that climb, I felt fine. And then, you know, race day, my heart rate just does what it always does, which is go from like 30 beats per minute to 166 and we'll just stay there for hours. <laughs> it's like a diesel <laughs> engine. Yeah. Just high revving for as long as you need it to. Dude, I love it. Uh, uh, so, but I mean, you know, again, just that whole, that, that ritual of, you know, I hauled out, I've got my, my clear plastic tote that has all my bottles and my nutrition and my duct tape for my goo. Like just that ritual aspect of, and we talked about this, uh, for, for, um, old man winter. Yeah. Just like that ritualistic kind of like getting the bike ready, getting your head in the thing that's happened the next day. And I love that the race didn't start until nine 30 in the morning. So we didn't have to like have that wake up at three 30 in the morning factor. Um, yeah, it was nice to have a casual. Mo- I'll tell you this though. It, it, before we go past bike prep, you had the worst number plate placement. Like you, it was. It looked like, <laughs> like, hey, we just gave like a four year old a bunch of candy and three zip ties and said, "We put the nameplate on number plate on Harley's bike." What did you have going on? So, it was like wrapped off. To it was the side. not like, good. You were like, "Hey, check out! I'm the white guy with like the hat turned sideways. How cool am I?" That's yeah. what you looked like. So that was the best of a bad situation. Uh, <laughs> just the best wasn't that good. Um, so I uh, recently switched uh, GPS brands, and I've been using Garmin for, I can't fucking tell you how long I've been using a Garmin. I recently switched to a Wahoo. And while I have every style of Garmin mount that exists, I only had the two Wahoo mounts that come with the new unit. And that created its own set of issues. And then despite all my best intentions, um, my OETH has a lot of cables. There's a lot of cable management going on. I've got my lockout, my dual lockouts. I've got dropper seat post. I've got brakes. So there's a lot of cables. Despite the fact that I'm running a wireless derailleur setup, um, it is not an e-bike. It has battery on your bike. Does your bike work without a battery? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) anyhow carry on um so there's a lot of cables and then this mount that i had um like sticks the the gps off the front of the handlebar i just didn't have a good place to put the goddamn number plate i saw it and i was like mine would look the exact same yeah i mean now why does uh, it peeve me so bad if i put a plate on and it just doesn't like if it has to be put out in a goofy way god just can I, I act like it's going to bother me? You never see it when can, you race. Can I tell you what I did on Friday? What? I don't know. I handled all those fucking cables is what I did. <laughs> so like the like, front end of my bike is clean now. <laughs> now like it's number plate ready. Yeah, it is. All right, so, cool. I mean, I, it's one of those things that I've just been meaning to do. Um, I mean, since I, so I initially cut, cut the cables on my bike a little bit long just because I didn't know where everything was going to land. And then I got lazy. Because like the bike works just fine, and yeah. then you go to put a number plate on it, and it's fucking chaos. So. <laughs> um, but I I will say I did see worse mounting, worse number plate mountings than what I had. Oh yeah, like, the, there weren't well, many. Like, my, but mine wasn't the worst. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the the complete bottom of the yeah. barrel. Um, but so, but I mean, there was just that whole. You know, we kind of have our 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 pre race dinner thing that we do. Like we've got a we've got a system. 
I found out I could brown meat in a saucepan <laughs> because I didn't want to look at all of the cupboards for the, the ten skillets. cupboards. Justin looks in two and goes, "Fuck, there's no, there's no skillets." <laughs> so I browned pork and chicken in a saucepan. Yeah, actually worked out pretty well. But we, you know, we have our we have our pre race dinner that we do. You know, yep. we do some bonza pasta, red sauce, some sort of ground animal. Yep. Um, usually turkey, but you know, we went with chicken and pork because that's what they had. Um. So we yeah, we kind of have our own little like we have aspects of the the pre-race or pre-ride ritual that are group oriented and then our individual you know tape your goose on put your number plate on yeah. and lay your kid out and so just getting into that 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 aspect of it has its its, it's own thing for me. You can tell it's its own thing because you had somebody like so Abby was with us. Mm-hmm. So for those that are listening on the on the deal here, we we had set up we were going to stay in a certain place, and that only fell through. Like the ideal situation we thought we had wasn't yeah. as ideal. We only found that out on the drive up. Fortunately, we had a two and a half hour drive to remedy the situation. To, to figure it out. So we're in this kind of like condo ish space that has a single bedroom uh, with a single bed that was supposed to be a queen size. Was not a queen size. A, There's no way. A fold out couch bed that was supposed to be a full, but I think it was the queen size. Yeah. So like in retrospect, maybe it would we have been a better have, swap. Yeah, yeah. But Abby and I are in the living room and uh, Colin and Harley are finding out how long their elementary <laughs> school relationship really is, how tight it is yeah. rather, because you guys were like cuddled up like a couple of little sweethearts yeah. well, in yeah. the room. And so with Abby as as the fourth in this scenario and not doing the race, mm-hmm. um, like when you're in race mode, getting your stuff set up, you don't really have a lot of capacity for people that aren't in race mode. So like if Abby needed to take a shower, like I don't care, we have to get out of my way. Like, like we yeah. got a morning poop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Or like, hey, I'm going to go to like, just don't care. Don't even like, I can't be talked to right yeah. now. And and credit to Abby. Like she's, she just did her thing. It like, was awesome. Well, like the whole, like she had dinner with us. Yeah. And the whole rest of the night, she was just kind of like in like, I don't know what like weird American Idol thing she was watching, but you know what I mean? Like she just kind of like did whatever while, Dude, we, while we best, were. That's the best part about it. Like if you say, Abby, I'm going to leave you alone for the next day and a half because we're doing this <laughs> thing. She goes, thank God. Thank I didn't God. Have to, like I didn't have to tell you, leave me alone. Yeah. Where's the gummy worms? <laughs> <laughs> um. So no, I, you know, I, the night before a race always has like, there's like a, a static in the, in the air for me. Um, we changed the static a little bit though, because you asked. So, Colin, we found out there was a hot tub there. Colin likes nothing more than a hot tub. And I was like, oh, yeah. dude, should we hot tub? And you're like, absolutely. And then Harley goes, I heard like hot tubs aren't great before an endurance, or are they not good before an endurance? And I was like, dude, I don't give two shits. We got a hot, <laughs> like, we're sitting in the, we're sitting yeah. in the hot tub. Yeah, I had just heard, and it was years ago, and it was some, somebody was, and yeah, it probably it was, is true. Yeah. Who knows? But we definitely it's probably somebody that didn't have access to a hot tub before a race. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like poor people talking yeah, to me. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like somebody who doesn't do mountain bike races on expensive bikes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You probably have three rings up front too, yeah. don't you? Silly twenty-six inch wheels. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I was like, it's a hot tub, bro. We're yeah. we're we're totally in there. So we that was cool. It was a good like chill night. Yeah, just I mean the whole apart from the drive the. Everything once we landed in, we're all like, look like fucking bats hanging upside down with our hands behind our head. <laughs> Comfortable. Um, but you know, everything from, I, I will say I, I, I needed the meal that we had when we got to Frisco. 
Like I was Oh yeah. I was one Texan away from a meltdown. <laughs> Colin, how did you survive the Whole Foods, dude? It was like mayhem chaos in there. I don't know. I got yelled at for having tattoos by some old lady. <laughs> Justin got kept the being sh- in the wrong place. Justin I fit not stand in the right spot at the store the entire time. Like people just bumping into me left and right. One lady bumped into me six times. I saw her throughout the entire store. She still had not bought anything. We were there for like forty five minutes. Justin was talking to me and Colin and dropped an f bomb. And this woman gave him the meanest look. Oh, as if I like stepped on her child's like freshly beating heart. I, yeah. I was like, yeah, lady, I'm not even fucking talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, but that from when I got. Food in me all the way through the rest of the time was a really just nice experience. So, Colin, let me, when was the last time you did a mountain bike race? No, we're not going to include Old Man Winter. Not that it isn't a race. It is, but... But it's not a mountain bike race. Not a mountain bike race. Last time you did a mountain bike race. I mean, I did half of the Giddy Up, split my helmet off my head. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then before that, it had been seven years. Didn't creepy Instagram feed you like a flashback photo? Yeah. How does that work? They know. They know everything. They. The they, morning they, of, Colin pulls always up they. his phone. He says, look, this is the last race I did. It was like seven years ago or something. It was longer. Like, when was that? Was that like 10? It might have been 10, yeah. 2010. Yeah. And was, you showed it to me like, dude, they're, they're listening. They. That was, a, that was race morning. They knew. Yeah. Yeah. They fucking knew. What was that race? Uh, Skyway Epic. And what, was, what were the stats on that one? 65 miles, 10,000 feet of climbing. In Alabama. Yeah, in like August. Ugh. Dude. How was your, your, uh, like your, your night before? <laughs> I mean, we're well past this being a family oriented podcast. So say what you need to say. So <laughs> leading up to that race, I had gone through a breakup and spent about a month and a half in a bar. And then our it- buddy Travis called me. I was like, hey man, we're doing a race tomorrow. You want to go? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Sure. (laughs) And drove up, didn't have any camping gear, slept in a hammock, woke up the next morning and raced. So you weren't having bonza pasta with turkey (laughs) sauce? Sitting in a hot tub. (laughs) Is what you're saying. Eating a Whole Foods lunch. (laughs) No, I might've had a pint of whiskey and maybe a Subway sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) And some wine and Coke. Uh, why did he come from Spain? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so man, that was it was fun. So we get up, we we're, going, we're rolling with race day. First off, our kits look dope. Like, yeah, all of us rolling together. Yeah, we looked kits. like we might know what we were doing. We are out, we are on a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's I think that's challenging a little bit sometimes to feel. I was explaining this to Colin and I were chatting about uh, my Angel Fire trip a few weeks back, and an Angel Fire had woke up on Sunday morning at the resort. And it was all DH guys. And the DH vibe is just so much like happier in in my opinion, like judge-free sort of zone. But the XC racer world, there's so much I'm not gonna say like it's not quite like at the roadie status, but let's keep in mind most of the really good XC racers are roadies. And there's this kind of like judgy sort of vibe feeling. Like you have the big massive teams here in Colorado, like about and like the primal Audi and you have like these big teams. Um, and then you see some of these smaller teams and I don't know. I just, I never feel wholly confident when I roll up to a start line ever. Right. Um, I'm always kind of like, you're like the, the like, lone wolf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I just feel like, 
I don't know. I just my confidence no. isn't the same as it is in my day to day life. Right. When I'm at the start line, but like a team is just a group of people with like a common a commonality, right? And or, or just a group of people with matching outfits. And that's kind of what I think. Maybe we <laughs> had some matching outfits. What was that? What did that one person in that one aid station say to you? Oh, <laughs> you're so much more polite than the last person in that jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it was not me. It could not have been me. I think it was. I think it may have been Travis. It had to be. It Tra- might have been Travis. Travis. Travis got a little mean streak in him when he races. Like, I want to go do a crit with, uh, not that I would ever race with him, but like, I get the impression he gets a little mean. He when does. He, when he, he talks races. about like shit talking people. Yeah. Like, Travis is the nicest, mellowest guy ever, but I bet he's a fucking savage when he races. It might, it couldn't have been. My year mantra is all like, I'm Captain Friendly on the course nowadays. <laughs> like, that's been my year for 2019 is like, be Captain Friendly. Like, in year, in like years past, yeah, I like go by somebody and say, like, some very offensive things, but not like, and first off, uh, well, what we're talking about are these aid stations on this race. They were all hand ups. So you got to go through these aid stations in the firecracker 50 and people are either calling out scratch or water right. or like gels or what. And so didn't you have to stop ever stop. Dude, you just I'm, grab, grab, grab. I never done. It. I had to pick bottles that I didn't want to keep though. You did. Yeah. You like, went, you, well, no, like to start. Cause you had to start. Oh right? yeah, yeah. You throw those bottles. Away. Yeah. I had to start with bottles that I was like, uh, but like all of my bottles, like I, I'm really glad I knew that I was going to end up doing those. Yeah. Because, like, I, I had, in my, my little tote, I had, like, some some sentimental bottles, like some Leadville bottles and shit like that. Yeah, I just, I, what I did is when I tossed mine. So what you do, for those of you who haven't done a hand-up race before, when you cruise to the aid station, you grab these bottles, you throw your empties or not empty. You just throw the ones you don't want and you grab new ones. So you're going to end up with the ra- at the end of the race with bi- bottles that weren't yours. I just had to tell myself the bottles I brought, I'm like, they've, they've done a good run. Yeah. Like they've, they've, even though you bought them specifically to match your single speed, they, they're for that bike. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I've been on the internet, um, on the interwebs trying to find more, and I will, I will procure more. Nice. Um, um, so the sleeping arrangements were hilarious. What are you talking about? Something with my wife on a spring loaded yeah, mattress with a what was yours? Mine was, you know. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was a twin. It was Maybe, a double. It was a double or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was tiny. And the goddamn thing, every time either one of us moved, it was like, you ever play Barstool Rodeo? No. That's <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> like, anytime either one of us moved, like, the whole bed was like, just get going for a minute. And I thought you guys were just sleeping. Well, I mean, do you lay in exactly the same spot? You missed my point. I, no, um, I'm just I'm 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 I'm, I'm sidestepping it. <laughs> okay, cumulative. How many pounds of human were in this double? I mean, like, I'm 180, 185 right now. Two thirty. So, so call you, it four hundred pounds of. You had like four hundred pounds of just human. No, bonds of pasta filled <laughs> human. I mean, whatever. I, I'll share a bed with whoever. I don't give a shit. Like, um, but. I think you had a rough night sleeping. I did have a rough night. Altitude messes with my sleep. And then a bed that's two sizes smaller than what I'm used to with a much larger person next to me than I'm used to. (laughs) I almost woke up on the floor a few times. (laughs) I like, luckily I wasn't small enough to wedge myself in between the wall and the bed. Yeah. No, it was, uh, I think I felt right, pretty much right asleep. But like, then I have weird sleeping anxiety because I don't want to be the guy that like snores. Right. So like I'll wake myself up and be like, was I just snoring? Yeah, I so Although I, I feel confident that if I was I'd have gotten a, an elbow in my spine or whatever. <laughs> I brought I'd brought your plugs just in case. But um 
But it was like the sleeping arrangements were kind of silly. Like, yeah, no, I, I listen. On the way up, we were supposed to be staying at like this guest house of like a family friend yeah. who has this like McMansion up in Breckenridge, and they have this guest house. And then we get maybe like forty five miles out of Breckenridge and find out that this guest house is really just like a guest room room that's part of like their gym, and it doesn't have like a stovetop. It didn't have its own, you know. So. I was like, well, that's really not going to work. Yeah. So, um, well, and like Travis was going to come and sleep on the floor. There was no floor. There was no floor. There was no yeah. floor to be had. You guys kept calling it the uh, the submarine galley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what like navigating through the kitchen yeah. was like being in a submarine. And we're all too big to be in a submarine. But we get to race day. And uh, like I said, that start that race is a parade. So it was cool to like, we, you know, we just got to ride right from the, the, the condo that we stayed at yep. and just cruise right to the race start. Um, and, and you're kind of like, just, you are the spectacle, which yeah. was pretty neat. Yeah. And everybody lines up and I don't know, like we were just bullshitting with people at the start line. And we saw, um, interestingly, the only person we, that we saw before the race was, uh, Colin Donovan. Adam. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we lined up with Adam, yeah. but as far as like base camp E3 community members, because yeah. there was a handful out there. Yeah, we saw quite a bit of them at the finish. Yeah, so at the I, st- yeah, at the start we didn't. Yeah. I think it's probably because, you know, a lot of them did the men's teams, so yeah. they were split up and yeah. they were behind us. But uh, my start line was completely different than your guys's because... Uh, <laughs> Everybody's super serious. Well, that and also um, like my next two or three weekends got completely blown sky high with information I, I learned at the start line. That's right. So I get to the start line, and uh, this guy Anthony Toops, this kid's a, this guy's a stud, um, pro, uh, super fast. Uh, him and his wife win the co-ed divisions, so she's pro as well, and they win co-ed divisions and races all the time. So last year they won the NUE series, and they were at Laruda, and that's where I had met them. So I met them at Laruda last year. They actually won Laruda as well in the co-ed division. So they're animals on the bike. Um, they've both ridden you know over five thousand miles this year already. Like they're just crazy. So we're at the start line and he's, he's like saying hi to me and, and I tap the dude next to me and I'm like, Hey man, this, this guy's saying hi to you. And he's like, no, Justin. And I was like, Oh, and then I connected. Right. So we're chatting and I'll go, you know, yeah. He's like, what are you going to do the rest of the summer? I'm doing Breck. I'm doing Breck 100 next weekend. And he's like, no, you're not. Yeah, no, it's, it's canceled. I'm like, Oh man, I got to find another NUE series. Cause I'm trying to win that series so I can go to LaRuda like complimentary. He's like, Oh yeah, no. The uh, race director for NUE is not doing the free trip to Laruda anymore, so you you can't like win a spot. And I'm like, so it doesn't matter. Well, no, I don't have Labor Day plans. I don't have like the <laughs> two weekends out. Like he blew. Like my yeah. whole summer got blown up. Grand Traverse, here I come. I was like, uh, wow, this is a lot to take That's in. A lot of information. And, and, and I was like, no, I'm just gonna beat you. Um, Did you beat him? I ended up beating him. Nice. But uh, you know, sometimes when you beat somebody because like they didn't give they weren't able to give their best like their own thing happened yeah you know and so it's a little uh unsatisfactory of a win because you're kind of like i didn't i didn't beat their best i feel like it has an asterisk next, yeah. next to it however simultaneously this guy mark nestline that i've raced remember i told you the story i walked across the finish line with this guy for yeah. like, tied for second at the battle of the bear yep i've always held harbor like a little uh did i really tie with him right or did he like let me ride with him or did i let him ride with me like there was this weird like two asterisks yeah and because you're always like uh, me i'm always a little like not like not confident but just on my heels a little bit because i'm still coming up in this thing um i was like man maybe he just let me ride with him and so i wanted to beat him as well and uh 
I'm getting ahead of myself here, but during the race, I dropped him pretty hard. And then at the end of the first lap, he comes and he comes flying up and passes me. And I'm like, how the hell did he catch me? So I catch back up to him on the climb of the second lap. And I'm like, hey, Mark. I'm trying to be cool because he's like super cool, like way nice dude, right? Like he's the super nice guy. Hey, Mark. Hey, man. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Yeah. I'm like, dude, how'd you catch up to me? I didn't see you for a while. And then like, you're just on me. And he goes, oh, it's the descents, man. Like that's where I'm fastest on the descents. That's why. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't say this, right? But in my head, I'm like, I, I'm the descent guy. Like, you don't descend faster. No, I, I'm the downhill guy. Like, I, I'm not the XC race weenie uphill. I'm the downhill guy. You What? And so on the second lap, <laughs> I didn't use my brakes on any downhills. Because I, the whole time I'm thinking, like, this guy is not the downhill guy. And so I just didn't brake for right. the entire downhill. And was able to beat him straight up, and it felt really good yeah. to gap him. So. You had a similar experience with the downhills and the climbs, yeah? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah. Things I discovered in cross-country racing, that it doesn't matter how fast you climb. It only matters how fast the 50 people in front of you climb. And it's even worse on the descents. <laughs> now, I will say, um, you were being too nice. Which that's, is hard. That's like, always my problem is that I'm too nice. Like you, Always. <laughs> I feel like you're probably too nice up until the point like that the that San Andreas really fault just opens up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel like it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, we rode together for pretty much the whole day. And, uh, you know, instead of, you know, you just, I hate to say it, but there, and nobody, as somebody who's been passed in uphill and downhill scenarios, like you just have to say pass and they get out of your way. And everybody expects it. I said it. I rang my bell. Yeah. And people were like, if you could pass, pass. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. They should get like. Well, there's this fine uh, line, right? Like it is upon, if you're going to pass somebody, the onus is on you to pass them. So you're going to probably have to ride a little off the trail into maybe some of the shit, into the rut, into the whatever. So, and it's going to be an effort, right? Yeah. And then not only that, like you're going to like rah, pass them, but then you you got to drop them. Like you can't like just get right in front and of just them. Be right in front. Right. So you got to like, so it's actually, I think passing while you do have to be more aggressive. I also think it's really challenging. Cause you have to say like, this is going to be an effort right now. Yeah. Cause I'm going to hammer, hammer, well, especially on drop. a climb, on like a climb, on a descent. For sure. Yeah. Now on a descent. Yeah. It, when they're aggressively slow. Yeah. Right. There, there are people but, like, who you ever see like that one semi past the other semi on the interstate. Yeah. And you're like, bro, really for the like mile and a half, an hour faster you were going yeah so on the downhill you really gotta if you're hauling the mail on somebody yeah i mean i have blown people off the trail like handlebar to handlebar I'm like i'm stronger than you also also you won't catch me ever to, to make anything of this <laughs> yeah come get some yeah right it's like a bike cop trying to pull me over for running a stop sign um but so the race i mean so there was a different course this year yep. um everybody anytime you talk to anybody about firecracker 50 they talk about a little french which I so I've done the race with Little French. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you right now, this it, it was not any easier. Sure. The times were faster, right? Um, only because Little French is a mandatory hike a bike for almost everybody on the second lap, and for most people on the first lap. So Little French is like just it's a mile of kick it, you in the teeth. It's it, it's a river without water. Yeah. Right, and and so you're going up it, you're yeah. going uphill, and so it's and just it's, baby heady and rooty and rocky and not rooty like roots, but like ruts. Ruts. And it ruts. And, yeah. uh, and it's just a mess. So you end up, like, you can ride it. And when you get to the top, you're like, wow, that was a really stupid idea. That was fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, it's that two and a half miles an hour 
crushing yourself for two and a half miles an hour walking. Totally. So that said, the steep inclines we had like in the woods, and then steep, a couple man. of those were like, then it got steep and you're like, oh, it's over. And then it's like the last final pitch was like vertical limit. Those were no easier than, and we, I had, I hiked those. We hit one on and I was like, speed. the second, that real first steep one that mm-hmm. we hit, like the first thing I thought about was like, I felt a little bad for you. Oh, dude, not me. I got off that bike. I was walking. You're like, fuck it. The second my speed went below four miles yeah. an hour, I'm like, later, dude. Because I can lay for, it's nice. I can lay an arm on the seat. Right. And then just kind of drape my body over it and power hike. Sure. I'm like, dude, I'm out. So with my, I did that four times on mm-hmm. each lap. Yeah. So I hiked four sections every yeah. lap. There was some steep shit in that race. I mean, they were short. Yeah. But, dude. So I don't think the course is any easier, in my opinion. Sure. Um, it was, um for me... It's hard terrain out there. Hard in the sense that you're always on. Yeah. So up to this point, the bulk of my mountain bike racing, not including Golden Giddy Up, has been stuff where it's a lot of, a lot of underhand balls yeah. coming coming your way. Like hundred mile Leadville is it's hard as shit. Don't it's get a long it time. You're out there for a long time, and it's steep and it's at elevation, but at the risk of somewhat diminishing like the full weight of what that bike race is, you know, it's, you can, there's, there's spots where you just get to kind of lock into a rhythm and go. Yeah. And this race didn't, even when you were on fire roads, how'd you guys like the fire road? And then there was that like 120 degree back cut turn onto that super steep single track. That was super sweet. Yeah. Love I got to that and I was like, <laughs> I'm already standing up up this fire road, <laughs> so I can't stand on top of my standing. How do yeah. I get up this little yeah. punch? Yeah, no, it was uh, it's it's hard terrain out there. I mean, and and again, you know, there there are fire road sections, predominantly downhill fire yeah. road sections, which were screaming fast, dude. And did you feel okay? So remember, I used to have that scout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I drove the scout, I I just I always felt about seventy percent in control of the vehicle. And the other 30 was just like good faith and being a good person to keep it on the road. Uh, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe in the Lord. I'll let him dry. Uh, I kind of felt like that on those fire road descents. Yeah. Yeah. They were vague. Right. You, Colin, did you just point and go or felt fine? I felt pretty all right. Dude, I was just like, I hope. The wet ones, like the wet fire road descents. Oh, dude, that wet mud section where it was like the like really muddy where yeah. you just got, like my glasses were, dude, I bought mud guards for my single speed. <laughs> did you see that? I think that first big water section, did you see that kid just disappear into the water? Oh, no. You took off, like you went through a section and he hung up in front of me and fell over to the side. And just, and gone. just the kid was gone. It was he, like a black hole to some other universe. He went to the fucking upside down. Like, <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> that kid was gone. I heard somebody yell behind me. That was a lot deeper than I expected. It was, I think it was the kid's dad. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a kid funny. and his dad racing. It was super cool. Um, But, uh, yeah, that kid just disappeared into that puddle. It was a big puddle. Yeah, those, that little muddy air. You know... With they, that's why they moved the course around is because just the snow melt and all that. And then you really got to see, see the effects of that snow melt just because some of that water was kind of cruising yeah. through there um, yeah. and, and soaking things up. But um, muddy in well, spots muddy. and then so hot for, in spots. So for me, the thing about that course, so there, the, there was a lot of climbing. Yeah. And, you know, you're sitting there, you're looking at your odometer, you're mile 23, mile 24, and you're like, how the fuck can it climb anymore? Yeah. You know, like... 
how am I not descending back down to the start finish area? And that descent is so steep. It happens so fast. It happens super fast. And I also think, you know, you feel any descents that there were, I think they just feel over fast because they were, most of them were fire road. And then that, uh, that shaley downhill, like windy <laughs> section yeah. there, there were areas in there where I was, again, I was, I was not in control. I yeah. was kind of like sliding like the rear end and, and whatnot through there. Um, but the downhill at the very end was an actual downhill, like with berms oh, yeah. and jumps ladder and all bridges that, and, stuff. and the ladder bridges. That was cool. What'd you learn about passing tandems? <laughs> <laughs> so the end of the end of the, the end of the course is just like a bermed out downhill park, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So they had berms and a couple of ladder bridges that you could cut off the berms, and I discovered that you can't pass a tandem on a berm by hitting the ladder bridge. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for you had to explain this. <laughs> They just somehow got up extra speed as I was trying to cut them off, and I almost T-boned them. Dude, the tandem, when you see those people racing the tandems, it's it's like a, it, it's just like when you see somebody run across like uh, run across a pond or something like that on top of the water. Like you're like, this isn't this isn't real. Like yeah. this doesn't how do you finagle this I, thing? And there was a there was a boatload of tandems out there. Really? Yeah. I mean there was I probably fought five or six different tandem teams. I think they should start them like ten minutes back from everybody else in the race. Yeah. They do kind of muck things up a little. Like they we do. got stuck behind them on the single track. So with all that said, you know, I mean one of the things So I think we should jump into the fact that Colin and I just did one lap. Right. Like we didn't do both laps. Um I think we both individually had our, our reasons. Um can I tell you one reason why doing one lap sounds great? For those that have never done the race, when you finish the first lap, you finish at the biggest barbecue you've ever been to with live music, yeah. unlimited beer at yeah. beer tents, yeah. and all of your friends like just hanging participating like- in the revelry of <laughs> yeah. Fourth of July. So yeah, like you- they expect you to come through the finish line, but it's not a finish line. It is your lap one line. Yeah. And then see, like that looks like a ton of fun on the fourth of July. Yeah. She's in cutoff jeans. Wow. And there's free, and then you're supposed there's free to, barbecue yeah, and free, free like, beer. I'm a racer, so everything is free. Yeah. Um, and I'm supposed to go not just through this area, but then go on a seven and a half mile uphill road climb. Yeah. Like, not am I going out for more mountain biking. I'm no. going out to be kicked in the connective tissue All right. for the next, like, hour five. Yeah. Thanks. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> I it doesn't bother me that I didn't do the second lap. Um, I think if I go there's there's I, earlier in this episode I said that I'll probably never do this race again because of traffic. If I do this race again, there's one of two ways it happens. One, I do a a team relay where you each do one lap. Everybody does a lap, and you know if you're the one that goes second, you at least had some fun hanging out, waiting, and. You know, it's just lap races or I, I don't know. It's, it's a big leap for me to go do a second lap right. on a hard course, you know, cause the whole time you're doing the first lap. And I think you understand this the whole time you're doing the first lap, every shitty part of the course, you're sitting there going, fuck, I have to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> what were the couple of spots where you're like, there's no, there's no fucking way I'm doing this. Again. Um, kind of just towards the end. Like that last couple of miles on that windy climbing stuff. Dude, it was just chunky, rocky, yeah. like just beat you. It kind of beat the piss out of you mm-hmm. at the end of the first lap. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, yeah, I mean, literally every part where you do an effort where you're just like, man, I tasted a little bit of blood there or 
that was sketchy or I didn't, for whatever reason, didn't like that part. The, the only thing I'm thinking is I got to go do that part again. Yeah. And every other part that I didn't enjoy or didn't like, and some of that's just the mentality of bike racing. And I get, there's like a mental fortitude, mental toughness thing going on there. Uh, yeah. Um, sidebar. <laughs> uh, to Justin's credit, this has been cooking for about five days. <laughs> so somebody asked me, uh, it might've been, it might've been Abby. So Abby knows I care a lot about you guys. Yeah. And, and I will say, I was talking to our buddy Brian and I told him that we didn't do both laps. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to have like a talking to from Justin. And he's like, whatever, it's your body. He doesn't have to do it. I was like, look, man, it comes from a place of him caring about what we're doing and him wanting us to do well. Yeah. So you can say whatever you need to with the understanding that I know where it's coming from. So, so Abby asked me when we're driving, because we drove to Crested Butte after yeah. and we got fireworks there. And she goes, like, so what do you really think about the fact that they each had only done one lap? And I and I answered as truthfully then as I do now, which was, y'all was there for my race. Yeah. So I really, like, that's on them. That's their yeah. thing. You know, like, I really, really didn't care at all, right? Well, then, like, multiple days have set in, and I've thought about <laughs> it. And I'm still in the same place, but you both inspired my chalk talk before the training sessions today. I did not name names or anything like that, but I spoke of the, the concept of what the weekend was about. And um, there's there's this idea of good enough, right? And there's there's times in your life where there are things that are good enough, right? Um, last night when I got home from Gunnison, uh, I pulled in, like I told you, it was almost seven o'clock. So it was a long drive. And uh, I got up at 3.45 this morning. So I needed to prep food for this week. And one of my biggest new preps is I like to have eggs as my third breakfast. That's about 10, 15 a.m. when I'm on a training day. So I want eggs, but you have two ways to kind of have portable eggs. You have hard-boiled eggs, not good to unwrap in a gym. Don't ever do it. Taboo. <laughs> two, you can make an egg bake. And so okay. that's what I've been doing. Like, these egg bakes, right? And I know we make those two. Yeah. But for me to make an egg bake, I don't give a shit about it, right? Because my whole idea is just accessibility for the eggs so you need to at get the time. eggs in my body yes, at 10, 10 15 a.m. So I grabbed uh, like, a, like a pie pan um, and... I dump whatever I have in it. So it happened to be a can of black beans. It happened to be some potatoes that were left over, like roasted potatoes, and 12, a dozen eggs. Put it all in there, Bake throw it, it in the oven, 425 for an hour, done, cut it up, four dishes, good for four days. I didn't put salt on it. I didn't put pepper on it. There's no seasoning in it. There's not any special flavor. All I did is pack a bottle of freaking Cholula, yeah. which fixes everything. Yeah. All right? So who cares? Yeah. Good enough. It's good enough. If I go to my niece and nephews later tonight, and we want to color or something. When I get done coloring that sheet of paper, I don't give a shit what it looks like. I was just there to color with them. I'm going to crumble it up anyway, in or out of the lines. Good enough. Don't really care. Absentmindedly doing it. But when things mean something to me, like really mean something to me, things that I put goals around, things that I put a construct around, things that I build um, a program around, and I go and in the thick of it, when things are not easy, because remember, this was something that was really important to me, if I allow good enough to enter, then it becomes a cop-out. And if I don't know the difference between when I say like self-compassion, grace, understanding for oneself, and that like, man, at least I was out there and I tried, that's okay when you're not hell-bent on the outcome. Yeah. But when you're hell-bent on the outcome and you allow that to happen, that's when we realize like, if, if I can't 
draw a hard line and like be accountable to this thing for myself. There's no one on this planet is is able to do that for me. So rewinding to the firecracker 50, for you guys to do one lap, Harley, we we talked at length about it. It was good enough. You got a good training ride. You got altitude experience. You got to know what your body's going to hold up with all the elevation out there and the climbing and the terrain and how your bike was going to hold up. And you finished one lap and you said, that's good enough. And for your barometer, that good enough was okay for that race. Mm-hmm. Either of you do that shit at the Breck Epic and I'm going to blow a fucking gasket <laughs> because the Breck Epic is not, hey, I went out really hard today and I tried pretty hard for like the first couple hours and then called it. Yeah. No, like that's not what we're here for. The Breck Firecracker 50 was not an A race for any of us. So people are like, how do you feel about finishing fifth? You didn't right. get the podium. Your goal right. was the podium. I'm like, my goal was the podium, but I also, this wasn't an A race. I really don't care yeah. until anything until from now until nationals. Yeah. I don't really give a shit. So it was good enough. Your well, good enough was different. And it, that's why I'm not pissed or like going to like super coach mode and be like, yeah. what the fuck, bro? But I will tell you, that shit happens at Breck Epic and I'm throwing bikes through fucking windows. Well, and so, and, and to support that. So to, that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> the hands in the <laughs> air, I'm out. Done. How long <laughs> were you just like all, all morning? I've been, it's 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 uh it's five oh six p.m. I've been pre- rehearsing that all day. That's fine. Um, and I, I I do think there's a component of that that not be like I mean, what did we sign up for? Ten days before the race or something? Yeah, again, uh, heart yeah. wasn't heart wasn't all the way there, yeah. so it's easier to say like eh, yeah, it's good enough. I also yeah. think that there's an aftertaste to that probably. That maybe, you know, I don't know if Colin, you harbor a little of that aftertaste or not, but there's always an aftertaste to that scenario. Um, and that can sometimes be fuel for the next thing. Yeah. I mean, I hated it as soon as we decided not to do it, but I also didn't want to do it again. I'm going to tell you this right now. Even the like weasel dick that was in front of you, super XC oriented dork, he didn't want to do that second lap again. Yeah. And he didn't. <laughs> no, most a lot. You can look at the DNF list no, on that race. There's a lot of DNF. Like there guy. Remember the guy I've talked about over this the whole year. I was gonna hire him as my coach. Yeah, that motherfucker. He DNF. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, yeah. you're a pro, and you DNF. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I talked to a guy on the ride. He's like, he said he'd done it ten years in a row, or since I don't know how long it's been going on for, but he said he did it for ten years in a row, and he said, I've never finished. He said I do one lap. I smell the barbecue. I see people drinking beer, and I say, "Fuck it." Yeah, no. See, and I question that guy a little bit. <laughs> like, but but you get. I mean, anyway, yeah, that race is set up yeah. to be like, wow. Yeah, it would be nice to stop. Yeah. So I mean, I, I again, you know, I the second I made the decision to not do the second lap, I it wasn't even a good enough thing. Like after the race, back at the trucks, you're like, "How do you feel?" I was like, "Dude, I feel I feel great. I got a ton of great information." about race nutrition and no i didn't finish the whole thing but but that's not a sour spot for you it's not and that's 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 really the difference between whether it's a good decision or not right like that like because i've seen you in disappointment yeah you've seen me there i've seen you like i've seen you at a leadville disappointment and you were in a fucking turtle shell yeah and you're buried and like you came back the next year yeah with the fighting spirit Mm -hmm. colin i want to hear from you in regards to that, Ugh. I've been questioning everything for the past five days. Like, I don't want to do Brett Capic. I'm like, I can't do it. I couldn't even do 50 miles. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. It bummed me. I mean, I I know I could have finished. Like, I'm, as we talked, y'all talked about before on here, I know I can just do it. Um, but the fact that I didn't want to do it makes me a little nervous. Yeah. But I'm going to do it. <laughs> there you go. So. <laughs> it's so funny how we... We we put ourselves in like like we put ourselves in these events right like at great cost financially. Yeah, nobody made you do it financially time wise like no. you know you put yourself in it and it's it's I've talked about it and every, almost every race I've done and we've talked about it on here you get into a dark tunnel when you're alone in your own thoughts yeah and you're like dude this sucks and it's so easy to like I don't know why cyclists and endurance athletes love to use the term suffering as if it's a badge of honor because I look at Colin and I, I talk, we talk quite a bit about like what you love about riding and suffering is not it. Like, no, it's not suffering. It's uh, you enjoy riding the bike. Like it's, uh, this is a fun thing for me. Um, I don't want to suffer, but I also have read others words that are probably more eloquent than mine state. Like we choose to say suffering, but you could just change the word, right? Like, like goddamn 50 miles. Yeah. This is going to be hard. But instead of it being suffering, like, dude, this is going to give me a chance to see what I've got. Like, yeah. I've got to go see what I've got, you know, and and I've chosen to be here, you know. Um, and so I wish we could just get rid of, like, the suffering thing, yeah. you know, like the idea of it um, as being, like, this badge of honor. Because I, I don't think it's a badge of honor. I think it's a, a negative mind space that yeah. gets you to stop and eat barbecue or yeah. or like yeah. or just stop in general. Because yeah. I, I have too. I've, I, I distinctly know a race that I haven't finished in – uh, or got turned back from on the Gothic Mountain Tour, and I'll never forget it. Like, yeah. it's just one of those things. Yeah. For me, it wasn't, like, the physical suffering that made me want to stop. It was that it wasn't fun to me. Like, I couldn't open up anywhere. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't pop off of any roots. You just weren't having a good time. Yeah, there was 800 people in front of me Yeah, that I felt were stopping me from having a good time. Even though they were having a good time. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's, I mean, we, we wrote in here in our show notes to talk about takeaways. And for you, um, you know, this Breck Epic is going to be a big, a big race with a lot of people also. And going to have, going to have to navigate. It won't be anything different. It's going to be navigating around them as well. I think it's a smaller start field. It is. About 400 people. Yeah, significantly smaller. In a race of 20 people, yeah. someone's going to be in your yeah, way. Yeah, somebody's going to be you in your way. You know what I mean? So, like, in terms of takeaway, it's like, okay, well, then what do I need to know because you're right, dude. If you're not getting to open up and do you, the race sucks. Yeah. yeah. So what do I need to do? Like, is it rubbing tires? Is it being more vocal? Is it like getting comfortable, being uncomfortable on the path? I don't know. Spending know? the next four weeks getting down to 170 pounds and taking all the EPO you can find. Can you imagine <laughs> me at 170 pounds? No. Scary thought. First off, <laughs> first off, your kit, because it's already ordered. Yeah. So you, at 170 pounds... You would look like you're going paragliding, not going <laughs> for a bike. Look like you borrowed your dad's yeah, kit. It would probably just fit normally. Right now, it looks like I'm Shrek stuffed in a like, <laughs> race kit. I saw you wrote that uh, on some social media. I look like Shrek in the kit. And I did. I looked back at it and I allowed you to be Shrek in my mind. And I'm like, where's the donkey? <laughs> <laughs> donkey. <laughs> uh, uh. All right. Well, knowing what you know and knowing that you're signed up for Breck Epic, I got this is yeah, like, I mean, and that's the thing is like out of everybody, Colin and I are the only ones who are like, we're definitely doing it, right? Like we're, I mean, I don't question your commitment, but yeah. like 
if so, like tomorrow, like who's doing, like look at the start list, yeah, who's yeah, doing yeah. the Breck Epic. Yeah. Me and Colin are like, we've been signed up for months. Right. So like, there's no, there's no, as far as I know, there's no deferring. There's no canceling. Like, so we're, I, uh, yeah. we're locked in. Well, with that said, so then I, we, we wrote this question. I'm like, does that impact the next four weeks? Um, or, and is there like one thing to work on that is unique other than just like, oh, I got to ride a bunch. Like, we know that. But is there like a single thing that you're like, golly, after doing that race, I know I need to work on X for me to even enjoy this Breck Epic or to do all six days? I mean, for me, as goofy as it sounds, I need to learn how to eat on my bike. That's a lot of people. I mean, I, I kept, I, I, like, I was his timer for, for eating. And I'm not even talking about that. I mean, like, physically eating on my bike. Uh, like getting to the stuff. Yeah. Put yeah. It, yeah, no, it's... Dude, the goo's on the top tube, man. The goo's on the top tube work, but even, like, so I've got mine down, and even still... It's still hard. When I pull a waffle out, I'm, like, never able to grab it right away, like, yeah. fumbling. Yep. And then the idea of shoving it in my mouth <laughs> sounds nauseating. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I like, no way. Yeah. And then you just have to like shove it in and be like, I might puke. And then you never do. Um, but yeah, that's tough to practice. And you don't practice it when you bike training ride. Yeah. And I have to just get on my, back on my bike. I haven't even looked at my bike since. Since Thursday. Thursday. Really? Yeah. And you, we, we also learned you probably need a, like a, a more intense warm up. Yeah, absolutely. Like, or a warm up. Yeah, like, we talked about that doing openers. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you don't get that muscle to fire, to know what quick firing is, the first moment you get excited, <laughs> cramp. You go, yeah, exactly. You're going to be like, Psst. you know, it's like that slamming the gas pedal, slamming the brake yeah. in your car. Yeah. Yeah. So, some things to work on. So we got to eat. So we can, we can do it. Like, this is some on-air work right here. Okay. Yeah. Here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's, here's an idea. From today's the 8th. Today's the 8th. For the, so Colin commutes to work quite a bit on his bike. So don't eat breakfast at home, and you have to eat breakfast while riding to work. I need to hire somebody to ride in front of me and slam on their brakes every two seconds, too. <laughs> okay, we can. That's, okay. Uh, solution, uh, ride down Downing Street yeah. on your yeah. commute here. Yeah. Um, but inst- like, instead of eating breakfast and then riding to work... Ride to work and have your breakfast on you and eat it while you're riding to work. It'll suck. You won't enjoy any of breakfast. For a month. But when you get to that waffle time, <laughs> you'll be like, fuck, fuck I've been your, doing this. Fuck your whole breakfast experience for the next six weeks. <laughs> okay. Make it your second breakfast. Wake up early enough to have real breakfast, and then you have your second breakfast while riding to the shop. Like, train yourself to eat granola out of a jersey pocket while riding to work. And it sounds goofy, but that's like an easy way to do it that doesn't... Force you to be like, oh, I'll go out to Buff Creek two days and bring new tri-. No, just on a daily basis. I'm yeah. like, I'm gorging on the way to work. Yep. Come to work with goose taped to my top tube. Everyone's Oof. like, what the fuck are you doing? You have a four-mile commute. <laughs> training, bro. Training. <laughs> it's downhill here. I'm training. There are <laughs> it's like, no... It's downhill to here. <laughs> I'm training. There are no rules. Exactly. We learned that. <laughs> uh, right, what's your takeaway, Harley? Uh... God, I, I I struggle a little bit with uh with I think right now I just need to focus. I mean, really that that's what it boils down to. Um as I've said repeatedly, I feel good on the bike overall. I think it's just really now time to spend the next it's too late and we talked about can't really pivot as far as like any sort of significant training changes go, no. right? Like what am I going to do start 
You know, there's there's no drastic change. You can do little things like, oh man, I, I really I could tweak. Yeah, like yeah. I I didn't feel that great punching up that steep climb. Right. I got to go do Falcon once a week. Yeah, so I think right now the 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 word to sum up my next four weeks is focus. Just like really push all the bullshit to the side and really focus on on good quality bike rides. You know, stepping away from the Sunday bro ride in in interest of something a little bit more serious, a little bit more substantial, a little bit more quality. So I think I think focus is my takeaway. Do you um you've cultivated a pretty good community both of these Sunday rides, base camp in general, but mm-hmm. you know, um, I can't, that, that was, that was Collins. Well, Collins said that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you, you guys, you guys have gotten like this thing going. Will you feel guilty telling people like, Oh, sorry guys, we're not. Well, I think, you know, as I, is often the case with like a community oriented thing. If somebody starts it, other people will just go to it. Yeah. So like if we're, yeah, we have a pretty big group chat with some some E3 base camp community members. And it's just like, hey, who, you know, what's your ride plan this weekend? And everybody will kind of jump in a little bit. Um, I don't think I'll feel bad because all the people that participate in the community also have an understanding of what we're doing. Yeah. I and mean, that's what I was going to f- stress is that. And I even think like, you know, I think one of the hardest parts is that this is a really selfish pursuit. This mm-hmm. idea, like again, like rec racers that, don't really have a whole lot on the line other than our own personal things. Um, the people close in our lives understand that, you know, and it's oftentimes us that say, like, oh man, I can't. Yeah. She, I'm supposed to do that. Like she wanted to do this, or I'm supposed to do this that day, or I should probably do that. But for the next four weeks, if it is that focus and says, you know what, they, they'll understand mm-hmm. because like for, for me to be me, I'm going to have to do this as best as I can mm-hmm. and feel good about that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think just focus is, is kind of my, my mantra for the next, you know, from now till, till the starting gun on the 11th, which is just freakishly short amount of time. (laughs) I'm getting on those bikes. What about you? What are you? Uh, I mean, you've had some like, so far your race season has been just all up. Yeah. It's been a lot of up. Um, but again, it's, uh, I still have small pivots. Like I, uh, I had the largest gear ratio of all the single speed guys at the starting line. And because of that, I walked four spots on lap one where they walked two spots on lap one. Um, and, but I was way faster on the fire road. So it's like, I'm trying to figure out, I think one of my strengths is that I have like a stronger, like I'm stronger than most of these guys. Um, but would it be better for me to, to be a faster spinner. And I think, like you said, four weeks is a little tight in time to be like, Oh, get a faster. No, spin. Totally changed my whole everything. So, uh, by finding out the Breck 100 is not happening, I have a free weekend this weekend. And so I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going up to Leadville on Friday and I'm going to ride up and down Kevin's on Saturday morning. And then I'm going to ride up and down Columbine on Saturday afternoon. Hmm. And I'm going to find out what this gear ratio can do right? and where my breaking point is. Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't, isn't real familiar with the Leadville course, Columbine is, that's the power line and Columbine are the, the Mac daddies, right? I'm just convinced I'm walking power line, no matter what gear ratio yeah. I have. On Although apparently speed. they changed the whole bottom of it. Like that whole super that steep. bottom is ridiculous. I think you'll be surprised when you see it. Right. Like. Um, one of the guys, so one of our customers, he's done like six or eight of them or some ridiculous amount of them. And he has a place out there and he practices power. Like he's one of those freak shows that rides power line top to bottom. Yeah. And, 
because he can just go practice it's in his backyard. Yeah. And he said that the whole bottom section with that, you know, had that big water run out and totally. where it's really, st- he's like totally different, regraded, changed, like huh. way different. So then I'm going to, I'll ride power line as well then yeah. this week. So I have a week, so I'm going to go out there, but I got to learn if, if I'm being smart with my power, with my gear ratio, if mm-hmm. I'm just being stubborn, basically, you guys want to know how I determine gear ratio. I, I took what our friend Adam at Slow High, your mm-hmm. close buddy, and I took what he did for Leadville, and I was like, I can be stronger. <laughs> so I took that, and I just went up one more ring. <laughs> like, yeah. that, so it wasn't scientific. Yeah. And now it's just like all single speed. You just it is what you get. Yeah. Well, we crunched some numbers and we looked yeah. at percent changes, and I mean, it, there wasn't a total just like That's true. throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks mentality. But that that was my takeaway is like, how much do you gain being able to spin out on flats, generating an extra 30, 40 watts over the course of an hour right. of a grind yeah. versus having to get off the bike and hike? So. Right. Um, I've got to go play with that. Uh, again, 550 wasn't an A race for me, though I'm really happy with how I finished. Um, I was two minutes behind this guy who has won Leadville single speed before. Mm-hmm. So he's won the level 100 in single speed. My goal is to podium it. And I was two minutes behind him. And I was bridging that time distance before I went nuts to stem. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I'm going to just leave it there. Yeah. And, um, and so to know that I finished two minutes off of a guy that has won Leadville on the single speed, that was pretty confidence inspiring too nice so it's just making sure i'm just right with the gear yeah. um, i'm gonna go punish myself up falcon uh and i'm not i'm, I'm gonna do it at least once a week and maybe yeah. twice a week to make sure i can clean and clear falcon without right. getting off the bike hell yeah man that's uh there's my takeaway that's some that's some serious shit um can i also just point out one thing that was super hard about the convincing myself again to do that second lap what was it was when i got past uh, so we got lapped by the pros <laughs> like, oh, you have a great story here so i mean it's not really so much a story as it's just a you know it's always good to know where you fall like you know are you a shark or are you a kitten or are you somewhere in between you know what i mean like um and so you know we're two hours and 50 minutes in on our first lap we're, we're getting real close to the end and the first pro passes us I'm like, all right, that's ridiculous. Because that means they're at the end of their second lap. Yeah, they're they're that's blistering fast. Like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, he ran like a three twenty or something. Fuck that guy. Um, and I felt bad because I like it was what it was at that whack a mole section towards the end of the course, and I kind of bobbled and hung him up. So then when I realized that he was one of the pros, I felt even worse. But he beat the other guy by a lot. So anyway, and he made two G's. Yeah. Um, now we can buy a whole shirt. Yeah, he, he was racing in a half shirt. <laughs> so uh, that's like not only did he win and get paid, yeah. he also was like having like he was like fun boy about it. Yeah, but I mean, Damn. To, for him to be at the end of his second lap when we we're at the end of our our first lap was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely a kitten here. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but it was impressive. Um, but uh. On the last descent, I sound like I heard a couple of switchbacks behind me on a descent. I heard what sounded like a skateboard on the trail, like, oh. but I didn't give it a second thought. I was like, oh, it was just somebody on some clapped out bike, right? And then all of a sudden, said clapped out bike was on my wheel in like one of those roly poly kind of whoopty bermed out sections, and it sounded exactly like a shopping cart with like a skateboard on the front <laughs> steering it, and I was. <laughs> I was like, well, this person's obviously riding their skateboard down this hill way faster than me. 
So I just pulled out of the way. I was like, go ahead. And it was Todd Wells riding a flat tire on a carbon rim like it had 30 PSI in it. Just crushing Just it. murdering this poor wheel. Um, and Todd Wells is, if again, if you don't know, he's pretty top-tier XC pro at this point. Yeah, um, Olympian, the whole night. Yeah, the guy's a badass. But yeah, just to get past as if his bike was working perfectly. Uh, just, just just destroying the bike. I mean, riding it like he gets free shit. Yeah, riding <laughs> like, it like there'll be a brand new wheel. There already is a brand like new there, wheel down there. There was a brand new wheel on there the next morning. Yeah. Like, maybe that night. He took third, I think, right? Yeah, with a flat tire. With a flat tire. Yeah, so yeah. those pros were trucking, man. Dude, yeah, I... Uh, I f- so I was telling you guys in the pursuit of nationals, right? Like everyone's following each other on Strava. Yeah. So the kid who got third uh, at Firecracker 50 in single speed ended up going to Winter Park on Saturday and raced the rendezvous on single speed and took second with a broken wheel as well. Yeah. Finished. Like these guys just... When you get shit for free, you'll just run like it. To, if, if it'll either of, fall apart yeah, or you'll make it. Yeah. So if one of my Envy wheels breaks when I'm riding... You'll find me on the side of the trail just fucking bawling. And simultaneously, like, who can I ask for money to help me get yeah. a new one? Like, I'm crying. Like, I'm, yeah. cr- I'm not riding it anymore. Yeah. I'm, like, trying to glue it back together. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the sponsored athlete uh, that, you know, I didn't make up the checkers or wreckers thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. They'll, they'll, they're going to try to win on broken shit. And if it falls apart, at least they tried to win. No, side note now, um, to the shop owner who I'm talking to right now, I just got an email from my credit card that they increased my limit. So <laughs> in the event that does happen, don't worry. I will be able to buy a replacement hoop. Just hook me up a little bit. Just help me out, bro. <laughs> it's fine. I'll pay it over the next 23 months. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know, man. It was, it was, a, even though, you know, much to, uh, I think some disappointment, we didn't do the complete race. I still had just a shit pile of fun. Colin did not. Colin, ta- shaking his head. <laughs> He's just sitting there, just mm, doing. Mm. <laughs> you know, you said it best. I guess your uncle told you, like the best mountain bikers don't win mountain bike races, and I think that just bums me out. Yeah, because you know, seeing a fifty-seven-year-old road biker tiptoe down a two-foot root section, but then blast me for the rest of the race, kind of makes me feel like shit. Yeah. Hey, who's your new favorite local bike racing team? I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> there's there's a lo- some local local teams that may have Ugh. been rude. Yeah. We won't <laughs> go there. <laughs> I was in that same space like five years ago when I started to race a lot more consistently out here. And it was wildly frustrating because I was like, you guys couldn't pump up my tires in real mountain biking. Yeah. And, uh, it took me getting crushed in the Crested Butte Fat Tire 40. And um, I just done the same thing, passed a bunch of people, and then they all passed me on the fire road. And I'm just like dejected. And this guy comes up, you know, more of a goat, older guy. And he's like, fire roads, when you when you put it down, eat, drink, and hammer the pedals. And I was like, damn, I'm going to have to do that to stay in front of these needle dicks on the downhill. If I do this race next year, I'm going to do it on my gravel bike. Like just, I feel like I can ride as good as most of those people on their mountain bikes on all the single track, and I'll be way faster than I normally am up the fire road. Like there it. you go. Yeah. So what you're saying is that you may potentially do this race again next year. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to. I'm sure two people in this room will do their best to talk me into it if they decide to do it. So I mean, I'll most likely do it. <laughs> I mean, I just like the shop's closed. You're really not yeah. doing anything else on the floor. No, I right? mean, I was being grumpy about the traffic. Lesson there: leave at five a.m. <laughs> um, well, that's good to hear. And again, like that's not a foreign spot to be in. And I'm hoping that the Breck Epic course, just by default, it's six days of mountain biking. And like uh, Twiggy Roadie probably won't be as inclined to do a six day stage race. And yeah. it just sounds like the vibe is more of a mountain bike. Yeah. Vibe. It's not a toe dippers race. Right. Like it's people that are all into mountain biking that sign up to do that sort of thing. Yeah. That's going to be a, a hard six day bike adventure. And that's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking forward to it. Dude, so excited. Well, that was a, that was, uh, it was really fun. Thanks for, I know it's a little outside of your wheelhouse <laughs> to come in and, uh, and chat and in this kind of scenario, but doing all sorts of weird shit, cross country races, podcasts, podcasts, seven days in a row at work, seven days in a row at work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, tons of fun having you on. We'll do that again. We'll definitely have this happen again before the, before the day, before the Epic. It's coming up fast. So, all right. Thanks for listening guys. We appreciate you. Um, if you're looking to get out on these races that we talk about, uh, you know, one of my annoyances is that I've got some, some people I know, and the, and the reason they don't do events is that they say, um, well, I don't, I don't want to go pay to ride my bike. I can go do that on my own. Um, the organization that puts these races on, like Maverick Sports, is unreal. Uh, that Jeff, who's the race director, super cool guy. And the fact that uh, these guys spend their year putting together an opportunity for us to go out and enjoy. Like you said, a barbecue that was so awesome, you couldn't not stop. Yeah. Um, so thanks to them. Uh, Harley, you met the owner of Breck Epic just Dude, this weekend. Yeah, random. Met, met the owner and saw... Saw a guy in a Breck Epic shirt at a Nike store. I was like, dude, you ever race that? And he's like, uh, I own it. <laughs> <laughs> Which creates a cool story. Yeah. So uh, if you listen to this podcast, again, just another thing. like Go out and support these events by by supporting an opportunity to uh, go find out what your good enough is. Yep. Um, also, um, you know, we've mentioned this. Uh, we, we do finally have a website, uh, norideround.com. Um, we would still love uh, to turn this whole experience into a two-way experience so if you guys uh, have feedback comments episode suggestions um, please drop us a line through the website Um, and uh, yeah I think that's that's it appreciate you guys thanks a lot You're done! So get the fuck out!